0: Finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am incredibly honored that you are here today becoming the conscious mama you were born to be. Today, we have another amazing podcast discovery call. I know they're always all amazing, but I'm just like so honored that I can one do these and another that women are willing to come on and share their stories for you guys to relate to as well remember if you want your own personal discovery call there is the link down in the show notes and make sure you are on the email list when I call out for new participants for the podcast discovery calls so without further ado, let's get to today's episode all right. So let's go through the surgeries first, right? Because that's pretty eventful. Uh, tell yes. us a little bit about those.
1: Um, so uh, the first surgery I had was actually, I was pregnant. It was an ectopic. Okay. Um, so uh, they didn't know that at first and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the questions to ask, which sadly now I do. Um, but uh, by the time they realized that it was ectopic, I was like, seven, eight weeks. And they oh, said I had to have surgery. That was my only choice. So I said, well, okay, obviously we're doing that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, and I lost my tube on that side, which is pretty common. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's what they told me. Maybe it's not that common. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's, and- it's a pretty delicate surgery. So people who
1: don't sure. lose
0: a tube, I do think are quite lucky and especially seven, eight okay. weeks along. Um, yes. When I had my missed miscarriage and passed that SAC, it was big. Mm-hmm. I went into contractions. It so it's okay. It's a lot more than people actually think. They think it's quite small at that stage, but it's actually not. It's It's a lot bigger. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. That makes me feel
1: better because other things I've questioned that they told me. So I'm like, maybe that's not true either. Yeah, okay. Well, good. <laughs> that makes <laughs> me feel better. But it was still very traumatic because, yeah. you know. We have been trying a few months already and, you know, I got pregnant. We were so excited and then, you you know, horrible ending to that. And then um, to top it off, my sister uh, told me right around that time that she was pregnant. And of course, everything worked out just fine for her. So we have a niece who is three. She's lovely, but it's still hard, you know, because I feel like there should be a baby or not a baby, but a cousin with her. Uh, you know, yeah. so I'm still working through that, which perhaps is part of my issue that I never really, you know, dealt with that properly. <laughs> I start
0: crying yeah. now. Yeah. Oh. oh, girl, totally. My niece on my side of the family is a physical representation of my journey. She's a yes. senior in high school now. Oh, wow. So oh. I know how that feels to... um watch that other child. And she's not the only one. I have several. You have several. <laughs> I have a lot of kids that are representations because it took me so long. But um, yeah, I f- oh, yes, I feel that so, I, I, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that, right? Yeah. Oh,
1: yes, for sure. I mean, again, at that point, that was the start. So I didn't I hadn't talked to a lot of friends about it. But now I know so much, you know, so many women who have had miscarriages or some ex- topics too. I've talked with people about and yeah, I had no idea at that time because my son was very easy. We had no problems having him. So I did not know about any of this until, um, you know, that was, that was uh, January of 2020. And as we all know, March of 2020, the world went crazy. (laughs) So, um, you know, I was just barely recovered from that. And then, you know, things were crazy with COVID and, Staying home. I mean, we still kept trying because everyone was like, "Have a lot of sex." Oh, you know, this is the time. We're all home. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. we were like, "Yeah, okay, sure." Nothing happened for us, uh, sadly. Um, and there wasn't a lot of other things we could do because doctors were closed and, you know, stuff. Um, okay, so <sighs> I did try seeing a fertility doctor. The end of 2020. I did not really like her. She was very, uh, I don't know. Cold and just wanting me to do IVF because she's like, You don't, you only have one tube and you have PCOS and you know, you should just do IVF. I'm like, I don't want to do IVF, that's not what I want to be starting with. That's down the line if I want. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that didn't work out with her, but um, after that, I was seeing a new endocrinologist for my thyroid, so that's the second surgery, yeah, (laughs) that was 2021 um which was not the original plan uh we were going to try to manage it with medication but um i don't know how much thyroid stuff you know about cuz i can get very detailed <laughs> if you oh, want hey get detailed
0: let, let yeah let's go there okay um okay so
1: um i had nodules that were uh benign that we could tell cuz i'd had them biopsied uh but they were growing fairly quickly because I was doing a lot of ultrasounds to watch them they were wanting me to get those checked like every six months um my mother had thyroid cancer which she is fine now but like that risk factor was already in the family and then of course you know I wanted to get pregnant again and so between all the risk factors I had it was recommended to me that I remove my thyroid like we'll just you know take the whole thing out and you know I have to be on medication the rest of my life, which I did know before I had the surgery. Like, you know, they told me that. Um, But I probably would have had to be on it anyway, (laughs) based on how things were going at that point. So to me, I was like, what's the difference? I got to be on medication anyway, you know, whatever. Um, So that surgery went well, uh, you know, in terms of not complicated. It was the easiest of my surgeries (laughs) that I've had. Um, But the downside so far has been, well, the main downside to me. Uh, My numbers have continued to be like up and down, up and down. Um, So I I think I put down that I had, I was diagnosed with Graves. So I'm tend to more hyperthyroid. Um, So we, we seem to get my thyroid stabilized. You know, that TSH is at like a one point something. Yay. And that doesn't last. It usually is a couple of months and then it like tanks down again. My last TSH was a, Ooh, it was pretty low point. O something mm-hmm. like, you know, just seemingly out of the blue. Cause I had been doing really well on the medications I had from my, um, my functional medicine practitioner. I've kind of not been so much in touch with the endocrinologist doctor person. I don't know your opinions on the doctors necessarily, but they were not totally helping me. So I've kind of taken a little step back, not to say I fired them, but just, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not in touch with them quite as, as much as I was. Um, Anyway, I'm going to do some uh, blood work again, probably in a week or two to see if the new change we made is helping. But that's been one of the most frustrating things because when my TSH dips down really low, my cycles shorten as well. Mm -hmm. Like they go back down to 22, 23 days, which It's not the worst ever, but it's not great, I don't think, Uh, because my luteal phase has shrunk a little bit too. That's more like 11 days now, which that I know is also not great, but I'm not really sure what else to do about that because, well, that's, okay, that's not surgery related. Sorry, everything like
0: goes together, right? It does. Yeah, it's absolutely related. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs)
1: Like, I'm taking progesterone to help with, like, or um, uh, bioidentical progesterone to help with lengthening the luteal phase which seemed like it was kind of helping. But then when the thyroid tanks, it seems like nothing will help. It just, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand that connection exactly. And nobody else seems to be able to either (laughs) to help me with that. Or like, why does my thyroid not stay stable? I know a lot of women who have been on the same medication dose for their thyroid for like years and they've not had to change at all. They're older and not having babies. So perhaps that's the problem, you know, hormones and stuff are still going on for me because they're all like 55 or 60. So yeah. they're, <laughs> they're not cycling anymore. Maybe that's part of it. Um, anyway, so that's, I don't know. The thyroid is kind of still a work in progress for sure. Um, and then the third surgery that I just had last year, <laughs> um, I saw a new fertility doctor that I liked a lot better. And she said, I think your issue is endometriosis. I think that's what you have. And the reason she said that is because when I had my ectopic, they found some then, but I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, is that really bad? Do I need to do something else? And that first doctor was like, oh no, I cleaned it out. You should be fine. Well, now I know a lot more about endo and yeah, she may not have cleaned all of it out like she thought, or who knows, or she did ablation, which I now know is not really the best way to treat it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I didn't know, I didn't know anything then, but I know yeah. a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> I've That's been usually how to. it
0: happens. Yeah, it is. That's usually how
1: it right? Yeah. You get thrown in the fire and then you got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I found a really good surgeon to do my endosurgery last summer. I felt very good about her. Um, and of course I had stage four, like the most mm-hmm. widespread you could have. Um, trying to think let's see what else was the findings from that oh I uh it was on my appendix so she removed that also um it was on my bladder which obviously she didn't remove but you know she had to do a lot of cleaning there yeah um the one place it wasn't was my other tube okay yay there. a win decided <laughs> that was a I was I, I mean I'm a faith person so I'm like I feel like God was sending me a little miracle there and like a sign of okay, so that tube is still fine, because we had discussed if the tube was, you know, endo covered, she would probably just have to remove it. And that was that. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have forced me into IVF or adoption or something. So I took that, you know, sign to mean, okay, it's not over for me. Absolutely. That was a
0: year ago. So I don't know. Okay. That's okay. No, that I mean those are small wins and I don't think right. people realize how important it is to look at those parts of your journey and celebrate yes. the hell out of them. Right? Yes. Um there for the most part is over a sil- always a silver lining. Sometimes it's incredibly small and maybe yes. you just make it up, but you do always get to choose your reaction and your emotion towards the situation, right? So it's true. It's absolutely tough, celebrating yes. that is is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been through a few fertility courses. Um, yes. So, so I'm assuming that you know, and you've worked and you're working with a functional medicine practitioner or a mm-hmm. doctor. So yes. you know diet. You feel like you. I do. you you, you're on the right diet for you well that's been one of the
1: other tough parts (laughs) um I do know I know what like now I know again I've learned a lot so I know more like what I should be eating you know whole foods and not processed things Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of that stuff you know and of course gluten isn't good for the thyroid even though of course I don't have a thyroid anymore but you know I've learned a lot about that too Um, the problem is that's not how I ate pretty much my entire life, you know, before this. So it's been very, uh, tough to maintain. I would say I was doing a really good fertility diet for like, um, like all of 2022 and into this year, but this year, (laughs) this year has not, this year has been a little bit harder for me with the diet. Um, I had COVID in January and then I got strep twice, Mm um, And uh, the diet just was like, I can't like this has been too hard. I was sick, which is weird. I'm never that sick. That was another very strange thing. My acupuncturist thinks something happened to my immune system. That's the best that she could come up with. Um, And I'm now taking a very good vitamin C that I think has been helping me a lot because I haven't been sick since. So that's good. Um, But anyway, so the diet kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. I'm trying to pick pieces back up. But I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not eating as well as I was last year. That's alright. Um, that's alright. I'd like to get back to that. Uh, the other big thing is I gave up coffee.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> Which you could ask my acupuncturist. That was like the one thing she's recommended me do. Uh, you know, for like the year I've seen her, and I finally did it this summer because I was like, that's the one thing I can't give up. Mm-hmm. I finally gave that up. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a little tough too, but I'm, I'm managing, I've been drinking tea, you know, and some other things to kind of, uh, mentally help Yes. make it a little bit better for me. Um, so I don't know, hopefully that will help too, because I do feel better. Like, um, I don't know, maybe less intense or crazy. Cause I do think the caffeine and the cortisol was probably not doing me any favors. No, nope. just as, as I like coffee. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yes. Okay. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that your thyroid issues most likely have been with you for a decade, if not longer.
1: Oh, so like before I had my son, cause he's six.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Thyroid no, issues. Don't, not. don't go from zero to a hundred. You need to remove your thyroid like that. That's mm-hmm. just not how it happens. Okay. Your body was probably showing you signs and symptoms. And because you were able to function mm-hmm. and get through the day, no matter how you felt, maybe you needed the coffee for like a, you know, like a jackup, maybe you were relying on different modalities, you know, headache medicine or, you know, pain medicine. If you were having pain with the endo, your body was showing you all these symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now what happens when you get pregnant easily When your body is already in this state, that pregnancy, as you know, is tough, right? It is that little human being sucks the life out of you because we have, it has not been ingrained on us. Like, think what you're doing. You are growing bones and organs and two sets of teeth and so a brain right? Like your body is doing that. So obviously through the placenta, it's getting everything from you. Uh If you are on reserve already, not knowing it, but thinking, Uh okay, well, I got pregnant. I I can make, make it through the day. Life's not that bad. But if you're already depleted, it's just going to suck it. It's going to suck, suck more, 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 more then childbirth comes along. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then postpartum comes along. And those first Mm -hmm. three months, I don't I mean, I was healthy as hell in both of my pregnancies. And had um, I had two hard uh, deliveries. I had good babies in my postpartum, but you're still up all the time. So you get depleted as a woman you you know especially if you're trying to breastfeed and produce milk mm-hmm. um even if you're just bottle feeding you're still up you're you know you're constantly washing and making and the stress of postpartum is so real and so underestimated and i really feel most women don't get the support that they need right even if you have oh, a supportive yeah. husband and aunties and stuff it's still If you're type A as well, like, well, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it all. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So those are huge factors, especially when it comes to the thyroid. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're like, why do I have all these crazy thyroid symptoms? Well, you've had them for a decade. They've been there. They've been slowly telling you, hey, we're not happy. And uh, some people can manage to get through their first or second pregnancy some people don't even make it to that but your body is now telling you like nope I don't have enough I do not have enough obviously the ectopic is just a coincidence that that just happens right like there's no genetic issues there's no like inflammation that makes it happen it's just a part of life and it is just Unfortunately, a shit show, right? Like that's all I can say. Oh. It just, oh, sure. it is, oh, right? Yeah. So definitely. it's just something that happened. So that was nothing that you could have controlled, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, that makes it worse almost that there wasn't anything I, I could do. But yes, yeah. it's true. <laughs> yeah, I do know that. And then after that, and especially with your sister getting pregnant, mm-hmm. and not having that emotional support for you. And almost bearing those emotions, you're going it, to, yeah. it's going to contribute to the dis-ease going on already in your body. Oh, right? sure. I totally believe that now. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know more. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know what type of fertility courses that you took. I would imagine working your with your functional medicine doctor, um, even though they're brilliant and I really, really think they're doing amazing things. A lot of the time, and I know my coaching started like this. It's all physical. Mm-hmm. We're looking at diet. We're looking at supplementation. We're looking at blood work. We're yes. looking at all these things. Mm-hmm. And when we're doing that, and it's quote not working, it's not a physical issue anymore. <laughs> it, it shifts into the emotional side. Yes, that's what I was afraid of. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's much harder to deal with. Much <laughs> harder. The physical yeah and yeah. that's why and that's why everyone does it there's very few people right. i mean the fact of the matter is most people well there's two types of people right they'll come to me and go yes i know you were going to say that but i needed to pay you money for me to hear that and so i have accountability and now i will start doing what you what i know i need to do and then there's other people who are like that's stupid that has nothing to do with it no I just wasted my money <laughs> you know <laughs> and like everyone just has to make their choice right mm-hmm. but it's my job to highlight the holes and mm-hmm. whether you take that information on that's your choice once again we all have choices
1: oh yeah definitely
0: and what I'm noticing now is that it's this layered system system right so we already have the decades of trauma of emotional suppression you know like whatever you went through before leading up to fertility issues that was the it was being created to get to where Mm -hmm. you are now right this didn't no one you know when people say like why me It's like, well, let's just have a look back at life and how you treated your body mentally, emotionally and physically and how your body was treated before you actually had control over your own body. You know how your childhood was that's super hugely important like enough people are talking about it now where we have the science that you were basically um, a a robot that the society and the grownups around you were programming whether they knew it or not. And then you took that into your adulthood and you started living your life. And it's not until the big slap in the face, whatever it is. And for us on this podcast, it's fertility issues. And Mm -hmm. some people can, will take that slap in the face and run and be a victim with it. And some people are like, okay, thanks for waking me up because it's my responsibility now because I want to choose this life for myself. And I do want to not only have more children, but I want to become a better person. I want to be the version of me that I was supposed to be, that I was born to be. Um, Yeah. And then the second layer or the top tier is the fertility issues, right? Like, because we didn't have that emotional support and how to manage and deal with all those emotions, we jump straight into all these, the craziness of fertility doctors and IVF and medications and supplements and all this and it just stacks on the emotional distress and the disease that's going on in the body so sometimes it's like where do you want to start you know like do we need to unpack the the trauma of fertility issues first for sure and then start getting into the deep stuff of childhood and you know discovering why you are the way you are in the most loving way right Mm -hmm. and deciding do you want to change that or do you want to continue with it is it serving you or are you over it and i'm sure you have i always say people shift when they're tired of the bs (laughs) yeah right like i've tried it i've done it it's not working right I'm now willing to open Pandora's box, even if it's just a crack. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, oh god. But I promise you, the more you open that lid, your universe shifts, and the baby becomes the cherry on top. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. So I know this is a podcast discovery call, so we don't have to, you don't not have to share anything that you don't want to share. But I'm here to open that lid for you a little bit. Um, I know that your mom you know there's there's genetic factors and those are Mm -hmm. super valid right like we have to take that into consideration but what we now know through epigenetics is that we can control our genes just because mom had it just because grandma had it doesn't mean we have to deal with it to the certain extent unfortunately our jobs (laughs) is to clean up all that bs and mm-hmm. hopefully not pass it down to the certain extreme that it got passed down to us, right? We can't right. manipulate those genes. Um, if I was to ask you, before your son was born, what was the biggest issue in your life? If you were radically honest with yourself, looking back with that hindsight. <sighs> And you don't do you if you don't like want to th- share it, you don't have oh, to, no. but just think. <laughs> I
1: can't. I just Oh yeah, no, that's okay. Um, do you mean like physically or just
0: anything. anything anything? Anything in your life. What was the if you could look back before that time and just go, Ah, that was such a warning sign. I I wish I would have noticed that more. I wish I would have paid attention to that more. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Well, um, I mean, so
1: my husband and I have been married for 12, well, it'll be 12 years in October. It's almost 12 years. Um, and we definitely, it was, you know, early marriage is, is can, can be rough. <laughs> um, and, you know, my son, my son was born in, you know, 2017. And so at that point, we had been married for uh, like almost six years, I guess. We got married in 2011. Um, and yeah, I got pregnant in 2016. So yeah, that was roughly five years or so. Um, But yeah, the first couple of years were, were tough because um, my husband has a lot of anxiety about work, like jobs. And um, this happened when we were dating too. So it's not like I didn't know that it was possible, but um, he's had, you know, long stretches of time where like, he can't go to work. He doesn't go to work. It's complicated what label to put on that exactly. But um, I had never met anybody like that because like I've always had jobs and that's just like what you
0: do. You have to work and do something. So, so yes, it's a lot to go through. <laughs> yeah. Um, and after your son was born, do you feel that there's some like um, safety issues for yourself now?
1: Maybe. I did not really think that at first, but um, through some of my other programs I've done, they have talked about this idea and not even just of like, um, like financial safety, but just like, um, what's the word I want now? The word that I want to say is escaping me. So, I mean, financial, you know, safety could be a thing, but even just, um, just, just not knowing, like the fact that my husband is kind of unpredictable in that sense. Yeah, You know, sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that he would allow things to get that bad, like, based on how we've talked about it before, but I suppose that is possible, because of how things went before. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess.
0: Yeah, it's the it, it's the the safety is like screaming out at me, and on many levels, like you're right, it's not just the financial, it's the stability, it's the emotional, you know, it's many things. Um. The yeah, this is gonna sound really woo woo, but <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um. When you sit in that energy you almost kind of project it right so mm-hmm. your subconscious rules the show it doesn't matter what you consciously think if you subconsciously don't believe or don't feel safe or have it like consistent negative thoughts right it's not just those one-offs it's it's mm-hmm. consistent you, you're actually projecting that energy around you right and you're You almost contribute to how that person is going to behave. So if you always are thinking, oh, John is unstable. I don't know when he's going to crack, you know, and you have that energy and you're like, um, you know, keep projecting and projecting. A lot of the times it eventually comes true. Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Okay. So... The only thing that you can do other than therapy together and him Mm -hmm. working on his own shit, too, because that's important. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. But you can't (laughs) make anyone do anything. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a committed relationship and you choose to stay, it's all about working on your core belief. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had to do this with in my own marriage after children because, um, I believe for most of my life, I wasn't worthy of romance and love. And even mm. though I attracted um, an amazing man, luckily, I don't know how I did that. Because <laughs> I, I was messed up, right? We met when I was 19. I had all sorts of shit going on. But so did he. Yeah, so did he. So we were well, a sure. match and we're, we've are we been together 25 years almost. I was going to say, I thought long. Yeah, yeah that's Yeah, what I we've thought. been together a really yeah. long time. But after I did all this emotional work, after our children came, because that's when all my triggers started coming, I wanted romance in my life, but I never asked for it or demanded it from my husband for almost 20 years at that time. So how can I expect him to behave that way? Oh, that That wasn't part of the marriage vows. I didn't expect that, Right. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I've been behaving this way for a long time. What do you mean I gotta change? <laughs> so, I had to do the inner work and start projecting that one, I had to feel worthy of romance, feel that it was necessary in a relationship, and then start visualizing and projecting towards him and showing and asking, too. Right? They're not mind readers. Oh, definitely, that this is gonna be the new relationship. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it might take a few years, but I'm here to wait. Um mm-hmm. and really getting secure inside of you like, hey, no, I he has shown me that he is a lot more stable and he's going to get more he's going to continue to get stable. To get stable. Yeah. Instead of thinking I'm so scared when's the penny going to drop? When is he going to fall off the cliff? Right? Yeah, definitely so shifting your inner world around that will shift your energy and sometimes it could be really big changes and sometimes it's just those little changes and that's all you need that's all you need to see Mm -hmm. right okay but it does always start within you and when you change and you do the correct things of, you know, getting therapy, working together, expressing your emotions, having good communication, and they choose mm-hmm. not to grow or change with you, then it's a di- different decision then, right? But oh, we're yeah. just starting here and working okay. on ourselves, and that's all we can do. So that would right. definitely be my first recommendation for you, because, you know, we there's a plethora of things to choose from, in the emotional pandora's box <laughs> sure. right yeah but that's why i always ask what's on your heart like what can you think of and the, the thing that you think of is the most present is the most thing that the, the first thing that you know god spirit universe your divine self wants you to take care of mm-hmm. and once you take care of that then you get to move on to the next one
1: <laughs> lucky you
0: <Yeah>. lucky you <laughs> Um,
1: oh yeah. There's always more to learn and more to do. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's just starting right. And just accepting Mm -hmm. and working your way towards that. When it comes to doing the physical things, um, there are times and journeys. I just finished with a one-on-one client that, um, just had a hell of a time, um, physically, right. It Mm -hmm. just toppled onto her and, she didn't do the the right things for a few months because she didn't have the energy to do it. Oh, so there sure. are times where you just have to give yourself grace okay. and not beat yourself up. and, you know, as you know, that it's a full-time job. oh, yes. Yeah. I know that now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And it's not until you start doing that inner work to build the boundaries around you, right? So if you're someone who like I quit work too, I mean, for various reasons, but um, unconsciously I quit because I couldn't over, not overdo it at work. I had to yes. excel at work, uh-huh. right? Because that's how I was. And I was like, I'm so stressed out working over 40 hours a week, I was, like, arranging my IVF appointments around my schedule. Like, it was, like, I can see why I was not getting pregnant, right? Like, it (laughs) was, like, you look back and you're like, girl. And I truly believe that your babies are up there going, like, nope, get your shit together. I'm not coming down. I don't want to deal with IVF. I do believe that there is a certain amount of children who are choosing not to come until we have a certain level of our stuff sorted because the more Uh we take care of our physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health, the less they have to deal with on all levels. Uh, Yeah. Because the fact, the fact of the matter, yes, there's outliers, but- your children take on your physical BS. We have literally dumbed down our genetics through the generations. And this is why we're seeing mm. our generation deal with things that our parents didn't have to deal with until they were in their 50s and 60s. You know, thyroid mm. issues in 20, 30, 40 year olds that we have to go get our thyroids oh, removed right. is ridiculous. Oh, yeah but it was this trickle down effect. And because no one had, I mean, yes, the hippies were right. Okay. The hippies were right in the sixties. We all should have been (laughs) hugging trees and eating our greens. Like they try to warn us. No one wanted to listen. (laughs) We wanted (laughs) our pop tarts. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So So it's, it's um sorry i got off track but um it's no, it's, it's okay. our it's our generation's turn to switch that around right definitely and we can even do that for our living children once you start emotionally mentally and even physically healing it trickles down to not only your your family home but it will impact your community they will see you and go wow you've really changed like wow. like i've had a like a friend go. Why are you so chill? I was like, yeah, because I like yeah. I have no fucks to give anymore. Like I just gave them all away, the all that anxiety, all the stuff I was point. like, right, like making up in my head, all those stories, like done. And like people see the difference and they're interested. Like, well, what did you do? I was like, well, I don't know if you want to go there. <laughs> I yeah, well, sure, because it's it's work.
1: It's not it's easy. Work. And yeah. and you have mm-hmm. to do it.
0: Right. Coaches right. like me and all the amazing practitioners, practitioners out there, they have guides for you to do. But the fact of the matter is yeah. you have to show up for yourself and do it. You know, even these healers who are like, I'll send you Reiki, I'll do these. Yeah, they. I do think they have a great impact. I think acupuncture has a great impact on you. But yeah. you have to continue that throughout your day because one of the biggest lessons I learned was your default energy. If you get Mm -hmm. really self-aware and you see where you sit on a consistent basis basis, energy-wise, you'll be like, oh yeah, no wonder that acupuncture isn't working because one hour of the week I'm in zen mode and the rest of the hours and week I'm in like anxiety, bitch, nothing's working out for me mode. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be your reality, not the hour of acupuncture or not the like one hour sure. healing coaching session, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets easier yeah. the longer you do it. It's just like practice, right? Like the first time you go to the gym, it sucks. It's sore. You can barely lift any weights. You can barely run a mile, you know, three months down the line. If you're consistent, you it's it's easy. You're doing harder things and you enjoy it. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes not. Um, <laughs> I know. I was going to say exercise is tough for me too, but I hear that. I hear that's true. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you diet's the same way. Once you get into a routine, once you are consistently making the right choices, when you make a choice that isn't serving your highest purpose and you feel like crap, you're like, yep, not going to do that again. Like that doesn't feel good to me. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is your time to um, like recalculate and really start noticing and getting aware of your default energy, where you're really sitting, where your belief system is sitting, because the fact of the matter is you've gotten pregnant. Your body can do this. You have that proof. Which is yes. a big thing. I didn't have that proof for like five years.
1: Oh, for sure. I realize not every woman right? is in my case with that yeah. too. Yes, for
0: sure. You had that success with the endo removal, mm-hmm. and the reason I believe that your thyroid issues are do 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 doing all this, even though you're on the right medication, you're you know most of the time you're doing your diet correctly, is because mm-hmm. your emotional state is doing this.
1: Okay. Because, yeah, nobody has seemingly been able to figure out why that is. Although I had one endo, or um, I should not say it that way, uh, endocrinologist doctor. <laughs> um, I had one of them tell me, like, oh, I have patients like you all the time. They change their medicine, like, every two months. I'm like, that doesn't sound good.
0: Yeah. That's normal? Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I just re... Wrote the six steps to boost your embryos because my my coaching has changed dramatically. I changed the E from mm. exercise to energetics. Um, okay, and that's the missing piece for a lot of people now, because during my time, the physical stuff wasn't really out there. You know, there was mm. like, here's this fertility diet, you know, all that kind of stuff. That like, but it yes, the physical stuff is now out there. There's enough people who. Uh-huh. Who know what they need to do but the missing piece now i'm seeing is why aren't we sticking to those diets why are we still getting sick if we mm-hmm. are on clean living diets we are detoxing we're not using the chemicals we're on the right supplementation if that oh, sure. is all that it takes then there should be no issue right but that's not all that it takes there's two part, like two parts right And Mm -hmm. you got to figure out what part is yours. And if you've done the physical side and it's not quote unquote working, it's time to move to the energetic side of it all.
1: Oh yeah. That's kind of uh, like across the spring and the summer here, that's what I've been thinking like, okay, like I gave it almost a whole year with physical stuff, you know, after my surgery, because, um, you know, I, I do believe if that was so much endo I had, like, I probably would not have been able to get pregnant no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, didn't waste time and money on IVF. Like I almost could have, if I listened yep. to the first doctor who wanted me to, we didn't even talk about that, you know, so, um, I'm very glad I didn't do that, but, um, I don't want to do, you know, treatments, uh, not to say that people can't because I have many friends that have used them successfully. I just, I don't want to, yeah. you know, for me personally. And, you know, I shouldn't have to, I think. I just, I don't know. I have many well-meaning friends who are like, have you thought
0: about doing IVF? Like, yeah, I think about it like all the time,
1: but I don't want to, like, anyway. Yeah,
0: but that's following your intuition, right? And this is what got you here on this call today is Mm -hmm. that is one of the most important things to do because like you said, if you would have just listened to that doctor, the chances of the IVF working were probably slim to none. And you would have wasted For sure. a lot of money, even if you got it on your insurance. And what no, What very little people are talking about is the impact of the, on the physical body through IVF, yes. and the emotional stress on a woman is insane. For sure. And oh yes, we're just getting pushed into these medical treatments, and no one is there supporting the woman through it, physically or mm-hmm. mentally. And these doctors are like, just oh, do it yeah. again, just do it again, just do it. It's fine. Oh. I wish, especially female doctors, I wish just go do a round of IVF. You know, like just go feel but, how it feels. I know you're never so gonna have the psychological part of it because you're not dealing with fertility issues. You're not gonna mm-hmm. feel the anxious weight when you're waiting to collect the eggs and see how they mature and then see how they fertilize. Like Yeah. Oh, so I'm proud of you for just following your intuition. And when you choose or want to move into IVF, it's a power move. You're Mm -hmm. taking it with your power and you're doing it your way where a lot of women go into it um, and they give their power away because they think it's going to fix them.
1: Oh, sure. You know, of course, because we want, you know, we want something to do that for us. Like, great, I'll just go do this. But I know that's I was. That I was that girl. Oh, her. oh yeah. <laughs> Many times in the last several years. Yeah. Please, you know, just hand me a pill, hand me yeah. a something that will yeah. fix this. That's I remember I, them yeah.
0: saying, um, after I had my first mar- miscarriage, so after my first frozen embryo transfer, um, they wanted to completely take over my body because they kind of didn't understand why it didn't work. And um, they're like, we'll just try this. And I was like, yeah, do it. Like, just do it. (laughs) And I look back (laughs) and I'm like, oh, like, even though I had done like so much growth and stuff, like mentally, I still was just like desperate for someone to fix it for me. Right. And I did two frozen embryo transfers. And what they basically did was like put me in perimenopause. Like they, I was menopausal for like a month before the, the and it was awful. It was awful. Oh yeah. I was going to say that's not good. No. (laughs) Right. And one worked and one didn't, but I think I was so mad when I got pregnant naturally because I didn't have to go through any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Why? You know? Yeah. I mean, I understand why I did because I can better support people now and like be, obviously I can relate and I understand, but the fact of the matter is if I can save, you know, and I just don't want to save one person. I want to save like thousands of women of having to go through that, then it was worth me going through it. Right.
1: Mm, Um, Yeah.
0: So yeah, um, it's all about recommitting to yourself and this time around recommitting to yourself for you not for a baby, Mm -hmm. for you, right? for me, and looking at the issues that potentially got you here in the first place or contributed to these issues, right, Mm -hmm. and so I'll I'll send you links, I'll send you notes of like things to look into, and one will be um, a blog post about doing a, like, a timeline of your past, Mm, write okay. out what you think contributed or caused you great emotional distress and really explore that and then find the techniques that are going to help you move through that. I do a technique with my one-to-one clients called Psyche that helps reprogram the mind. There's emotional freedom tapping out there that you can either hook That's up with dope. coaches or you can do it online for free. Um, there's breath work. Um, hardest technique but the easiest and freest and some everyone can do it is just letting the emotion sit there because a lot mm. we, most of us don't even know how to do that we grab oh, social media yeah. we drink alcohol we grab a cigarette we you know we do all these different things and we don't mm-hmm. ever sit with our emotion and release it and honor it and allow it to be processed and let go the book is literally called letting go <laughs> but i'll send you mm, um yeah. a link to to just um to do that and then yeah the new six steps if you don't if you hadn't already purchased that i sent out the new copy pdf copy to everyone who's already purchased it but that is definitely um it's gonna have information in it that you think it has nothing to do with your fertility but it's all connected it's all there um Mm-hmm. and just really start diving into that stuff because that's that's where you're going to see your success and especially if you feel in your heart that the natural route is your way mm-hmm. obviously um i always feel time is on your side i feel when you surrender to the process and you do you just focus on your health it's going to trickle down to your fertility Uh, you're Mm -hmm. going to put down all those energetic blocks of the fear and the anxiety, and you're going to allow space for baby to come. Um, Mm. but when you do it naturally, you have, well, for you, you have once every other month now, right? So, so just get into that space, have that deep belief that you already have in your body and surrender to when the timing is right, because some spiritual, um, people out there who connect with babies, um, soul babies, spirit babies, um, okay. they've said that the baby just waits for their time. They're like, I have a specific date that I want to come in on. I was like, that's inconvenient. <laughs> like I, yeah. that our timeline. <laughs> so Totally. I've
1: heard that too, but Yeah. yeah.
0: So maybe just get grounded that your baby is waiting for a certain time. It's waiting for you to sort some stuff out so they can have an easier time here on earth and do what they need to come and do and not have to deal with all the BS. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just get real, real with yourself. And I think you're there. I think that you've, you've got to that place where you're, you're ready to shift.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, I feel better now than I did before, like looking back now to think about when I was working and even, you know, right before I had my son and before I got pregnant, like, yeah, I just, you know, did not feel that great. And I had no idea why I could Mm -hmm. not pinpoint on any thing. So yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. All the stuff I've learned now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Hey. And I was saying to, uh, oh, a discovery call yesterday. I was just like, just imagine if everything that you learned over, you know, let's say this like three year period, if you learned it in one month, like your brain oh. would explode. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. So even <laughs> yes. though sometimes we get Have really frustrated out. that it's taking too mm-hmm. long or all that, it's like, well, oh, yeah. You know, and even my uh, IVF son said it the other day. He's like, why can't you just know everything when you're born? And then you don't have to go to school. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, your head has to fit through a vagina, boy. Or even right. if it comes out the window, which I had to emergency C section, your head still has oh, to yes. come out of a tummy. Like, your brain is Definitely. not big enough which to hold big. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to think about that yes, when I- we're. Reprogramming our mind, it would just it would for be sure. way overwhelming. So be graceful with yourself, That's true. and know that you're doing the right things. Yes, I do think we forget that a lot. I definitely forget that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so do I. I've been on this journey for like ten oh, yeah. years, and I'm still like, ah. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> and then when I get to it, I'm like, okay, I get that. This was the perfect timing. It wouldn't have been as good. So right. the of surrender course. part is really important. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so tough, but yes, that's yeah. getting to that actual, like
1: genuine place of that. Like I do want that. So I'm still, you know, headed that way. It's just, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to like, ignore, you know, my cycle is short again. And, you know, like mm-hmm. physical things like that's definitely, I was talking to somebody else about that, trying to explain, like, that's the hard, one of the hardest parts It's like the physical is always in my face so much, you know, and that's what it's easy to focus on,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, instead of these other things. So what I would say to that is stop the physical stuff. Just (laughs) focus on your diet. Yeah. Focus on the targeted supplementation that you need to be on. Focus on the correct exercise, right? We don't want to be hitting the gym hard. That's not what our adrenals oh, need. Yeah. Definitely. If you know, if you feel very confident when you ovulate, then all you need to do is bring sex life back into the bedroom instead of time. Yeah, we're sex. working on that too. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Well, that I'm sure other people have told you that, you know. You go through phases of that being less fun than other times, you know, like, so we're working on making that better.
0: (laughs) Yep. Taking that back and bringing joy back into your life. That's what you need to be focusing on. Yes. Is there a time where you need to um, track your cycle, make sure you're ovulating correctly, all that? Yes, of course. But once you've done that, the hyper fixation is, is literally putting up a block. From you yes. hyperfixating on your joy, on your healing, right. on having fun, having a great sex life, right? Mm-hmm. You, what I say is you can't type A, you can't o- like overdo a to-do list to get out of your fertility issues. Everything that you think that <laughs> yeah. you need to be doing is literally you need to be doing the opposite you know not buying ovulation yeah. sticks not not bringing pregnancy tests into the house mm-hmm. testing on oh my period's like 20 hours late i'm going to test now right <laughs> right yeah and i know my journey was so long and i know this is easier said than done and you just have to give yourself grace every month maybe change up just something a little bit that you can shift I did not take a pregnancy test after a week of my missed period on my natural pregnancy because I just didn't, I don't know. I don't know what the right like word is for it. Not that I didn't care, but I just was like, it, it didn't matter anymore. Like I had been through so much. I didn't, I didn't own a pregnancy test. I didn't, you know, like none of that. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm just late. Maybe the miscarriage two months ago, like just still, you know, and then like a week into a week after I'm like, this is not right. This something's up. (laughs) Wow. But I I just was in that that
1: close to a miscarriage. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was, I mean, that's eight years, right? Like you're talking eight years, you're over, you're done with it. And I just didn't, (laughs) I didn't have proof that I get, get pregnant naturally. So there was no way I was, we weren't done trying to conceive, but I was so done. I was never buying an ovulation stick again. I was only buying a pregnancy test if I, if it was needed, I wasn't checking my cervical mucus. I wasn't temping like all of that stuff. All I was doing was living my life in the healthiest way that I knew how to take care of myself at that time. And that was all, and bring joy and happiness, right? Focusing, yeah. you have a son, focusing on the beautiful moments with your son. Oh, for sure. You know, like all those yeah. things, all those joys in your life. If you don't have children, focusing on the joy and the amazingness in your life. Because like we talked about with your energy, with your husband, if you are projecting, that's what you're going to see. You, mm-hmm. There's... I know this is going to sound really woo-woo too. There's many ways, <laughs> okay. there's many realities, right? There's a the reality that you are dealing with fertility issues. But if mm-hmm. you sit in that reality and that is your fate, it becomes your fate. If you can sit mm-hmm. in the fate and the reality that you're working towards health and towards healthy, happy pregnancy, mm-hmm. that becomes mm-hmm. your reality. Yes. So you've got to, like, which one do you want to move towards, right? We're always moving towards the future. So the now creates, what are you doing now? Okay, you're you're creating the future. It's like an art project, right? Oh, for sure. You have a blank canvas. How are you going to get to the future of a finished art piece? Your choices, your actions, your movement. For sure if you sit there painting a picture going, this is so shit, I'm a shitty artist, it's, you know, like, oh, like, why am I doing this? Right? Yeah. Think of it like that. Like, why you wouldn't, if a little kid was walking around going like, I'm so stupid. I'm fat. I'm ugly. No one likes me. You would never let that kid sit in that energy. So why are you letting yourself sit in any other energy, except that's true, except abundance and love for yourself? And if you can't, if you find that hard, then that's the subconscious. Where did that get subconsciously imprinted in you? And that's where the healing comes in.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm sure there's, you know, things from my childhood I just have not dived into yet. But I'm sure, I'm sure
0: they're there. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. You'll get there, my friend. Is there anything else that you want to ask me before we wrap up today? Um, no, I don't
1: think so. I have seen you on many like, um, well, I mean, you've been on people's podcasts, of course, but also like, you know, like, um, I, I'm like blanking on like the names like fertility conferences, you know, oh, where they talk to several expert people. Yeah, I found out about you originally. And you've always been very good on all of those. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh, I can have an opportunity to actually talk to her like, I would love to do that.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, I'm, glad I'm you trying took to it. like,
1: yeah. Oh, for sure. No, this was very good. And, you know, I want to be focusing these directions, like what you said, and I, you know, maybe take a break from like, I've, I've been kind of in between some programs, like we'll kind of see how things go, but you know, yeah. this kind of encouragement is very good. Cause you know, again, probably other women that talk to you to say like, you know, it's hard. Not everybody really understands this. So I only have certain people I could talk to about it and mm-hmm. you know, it's tough sometimes with that. So yes, this has been lovely. I, yeah, I don't think I have anything else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being brave enough to come on and share your story. I think this is going to resonate with a lot of people, so it's going to help a lot of people as well. So thank you so much. For sure. Yes. Thank you, Monica. Yes. And I'll send you some show notes and some things to dive into and really start focusing on the right steps for you. And my fingers are crossed and make sure you reach out and keep in touch with your progress.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I will totally do that. All right. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, yes. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.